WVU Medicine. In the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Come on, whistle with us. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine song. We always hope that you walk in sunshine when you're with us here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We try to bring sunshine into your life. That's what we do here on the program. But outside, I'm not so sure. Uh, the day started out with a drizzle coming down, a little bit of fog this morning. Uh, Adam says it should be done by 11. I have not checked outside to see if it's still foggy or drizzly or not. But uh, when it's over and done with, it's still going to be cloudy, mostly cloudy. High today around 68 to 70 or so. And that's the way it's going to be all week. Showers possible, a uh, mixture of sun and clouds, temperatures in the upper 60s. Might hit 70 or 71 on Friday and Saturday. The weekend looks pretty good, actually. Sunny with a high around 70, but otherwise showers and clouds uh, throughout the day. Did I give the temperatures? Did I do that yet? I don't think I did. 61, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 59 at the Highlands. 63 in Elm Grove and 61 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Our friend Stephen Adams from the Ogden newspaper chain tweeted out yesterday, in case anyone is wondering, still no financial disclosure report from Governor Justice. You'll recall that when he filed for the Senate, he was supposed to file a financial disclosure report. He did not. He filed for an extension, and he blew past that. He filed for a second extension, uh, which was supposed to be over the weekend. Eh, still no financial disclosure report from the governor. I'm wondering, does he have no finances to disclose? Is See, that- I think uh, things were, were uh, shaping up after the Saudis were here, Howard. You didn't hear too much of that yeah. uh, after they visited the, the Greenbrier. You so think I, might have been a little... Uh, I thought his problems went away for a little bit. Well, all I can tell you is, according to Stephen, um, he had, of course, when he filed to begin, when he, uh, fi- when he announced he was running, he had to file a report. He didn't. He sought an extension. They gave him till August. He didn't file it then. He sought a second extension. They gave him till September... 23rd, this weekend, didn't file it then. Well, he wasn't sure, Howard. It all depends who you ask. It's just, well, that's what I think his, his, um, his accountant says it's a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Governor, I don't know if you really want to file this or not. Might uh, want to put that off a little bit. You know, there could be two reasons he don't want people to know about. It. Number one, maybe he has more money than he's claiming. I don't think so. Well, but that, then that means that all of his creditors who are demanding money can look and see that he's got it. Ah. You know, oh, wait a minute. No, he's got it, so let's go after him. Or it may be that uh, he's broke. Been a rough year, Howard. It's been, it's been a rough year. When the governor, of course, first became governor, when Jim Justice first became governor, one of the defining characteristics of him was what, Bob? Well, he was rich. He was a billionaire. He, he was, was the richest guy in the state. He was the only billionaire in West Virginia. Uh, and he was the richest man in the state. Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. How far did he drop on that list, Tyler? I don't think he's on the list anymore. I don't think he's there at all anymore. Forbes magazine this weekend came out with their list of richest people in the world and also state by state. Richest man in West Virginia, Bob? Want to take a guess? Wow. Hmm. I thought of all different kind of names. I was wrong. And once I heard the answer, I should have recognized it. Brad Smith, Who's the Mar- Marshall University president. But he, he was, before that, he was a CEO of Intuit, uh, a gigantic software company. He came out of a, you know, one of those huge software companies uh, to become uh, president of uh, Marshall University. But he doesn't even have a billion. He has 0.7 billion, not even a billion. So we still have no billionaires in the state. He's 59 years old. Brad Smith, richest person in West Virginia, served as CEO CEO of Intuit from 2008 to 2018, chairman of the business company until January of 22. Uh, Intuit's market cap soared sevenfold and its revenue doubled when he was chief executive. So he took the company to big heights and makes him now very rich. Way to go, Brad. Let's go herd. He is now the president of Marshall University, marking the first time an alumnus has ever headed that school because he wasn't all, that was his alma mater. 
Uh, 25 richest people in the world. Want to take any, just throw a few names out? Well, that Murdoch guy, he's loaded, isn't he? I don't think he's on this list. I mean, well, you got see. the uh, you got Bezos, you got Gates. Yep, you got all those. Uh, Musk, Be- Bezos, uh, Musk is number two. Bezos number three. Who else did you say? Gates is number six. Don't see any sliders on there. Uh, let me check. Sliders, slider. California sliders. Sli- slider, slider. Uh, I I I got the. Uh, I got no sliders. No sliders. I, I got no sliders. No here. surprise here, Howard. And who else did you say that? I saw? Oh, Mark, Zucker, Mark Zuckerberg of uh, uh, Facebook is number sixteen, world's richest man. This is interesting to me because these folks used to top the list. The Walton family, and they always, each of them have their own share of coming. Jim Walton, Rob Walton, Alice Walton. Are nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one. A lot of money there. Yeah, but they used to be up at the top. So other people are getting richer and richer as they probably stay the same. Now, mind you, Alice Walton, for example, fifty-six point seven billion. That's a lot that's of money, not, Howard. That's not the chicken feed. But uh, didn't also uh, Vladimir Putin used to show up on these lists or periodically the Queen the Queen of England would the show queen? up? Yeah, where's the Queen of England here? Well, she's dead, it? Howard. So they probably chopped that oh, money yeah, no, up. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. She, I forgot. Yeah, she is dead, isn't she? Uh, number one, the most richest man in the world. It's a family, uh, and it's not an American family, which is why we wouldn't know about it. Bernard Arnault and his family. Any kin of Ted? Uh, no. No, not tar- no, no, not. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. Ted Arno. Um, net worth, number one, richest person in the world, uh, according to Forbes, $211 billion. What? Yep. That's like, what, getting like half a trillion. Is that trillion the next after a billion? A trillion is up next after, a, yep, yep. That's um, a lot of, that's too much money. He's a, a French luxury goods tycoon. Um, his company, LVMH, owns Tiffany's. The Christian Dior company, a lot of you know highfalutin brand names there. Uh, so he is the richest. It's, it says and his family. So they must have as a family hold, holding. Uh, Bernard Arnault and his family, two hundred eleven billion dollars. Then, as Bob said, Elon Musk comes in at number two, at one hundred eighty billion. Jeff Bezos, number three, and the richest man in the world, at one hundred fourteen billion. Larry Ellison, uh, who was again a software developer, Oracle, and others. Uh, comes in at number four. Warren Buffett, who's always on these lists, uh, is at number five. Bill Gates, number six. Michael Bloomberg is number seven. Uh, this guy's always on the list from Mexico. Carlos Slim, uh, who is, I think, a tele- like a telecom, like satellites and telephones and that kind of stuff. Carlos Slim is number eight at $93 billion. Number nine is Mukesh Ambani. From India, eighty-three billion. Who does? Who is he? Um, he was Asia's richest person at one time. Uh, okay, it's an oil company there. And number ten, Steve Ballmer, uh, who was one of the Microsoft founders. So there you go. Of the top, those are the top ten. No slider, no Monroe, no justice. And no, who else did you ask about? I don't see Rupert Murdoch here. No, I don't see him here either. So That's Forbes magazine, richest people in the world. Bob Ney is uh, going to join us. Uh, he's rich in life. I see, I'm looking for a transition there. He's, he's, he's rich in life. Uh, Bob will join us coming up next uh, to talk about the possibility of a federal government shutdown. Straight ahead here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. 
WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Are you concerned about losing your home or automobile if you file for bankruptcy protection? Find out if you would lose any property by calling Tom McIntyre at 304-232-8600 or have a free chat conference with his office online at McIntyreLaw.com. Tom has helped thousands of people in our area. He can answer these questions for you. Call 304-232-8600 or check him out online and have a free chat conference. Follow the John Marshall Monarchs this season on The Watchdog, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY, sponsored by IBEW, Cow Creek Residential Roofings, Moda Mortgage Valor, West Virginia Northern Community College, Gumby's, The Health Plan, WVU Medicine, Wheeling and Rentals Hospitals, Sleep In, Technocat, Lucky Duck, Main Street Bank, Gold Quarry and Turak, Herman Lance, First Choice Realtors, Nana Pizzas and Pies, Dave McLaughlin for County Commissioner, Paul Associates of Marshall County, El Grand Patron, Bob's Lunch, Hawking's Hearing, Citywide Insurance, Lori Grizel State Farm, Grizel Funeral Homes, Mason Dixon, Bronapple and Burkett, and see for yourself. The Watchdog, your home for high school sports. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Just another manic Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's my Monday. That's a manic Monday. It's likely to be a manic week on Capitol Hill. Tick tock on the clock. We have a federal government shutdown that's going to be coming by the end of the week of some kind of a deal, compromise, uh, whatever, can't be made uh, before then. And although it is certainly true that these things usually end up getting worked out at the very last minute, I'm particularly nervous that there is such disagreement among all the parties that maybe it won't work. I asked uh, former Congressman Bob Ney, who knows a lot about this, to come in and join us and talk about the pending government shutdown. Good morning, Bob. Hey, good morning, Howard. How are you? Good. So are we going to shut down? Well, it's potentially possible. I mean, the only thing that can save this is a group of moderate Republicans to reach out to the moderate Democrats and then do something, put something together. But you've got the recalcitrant far right wing, the if you call it the Freedom Caucus or whatever. I mean, uh, McCarthy's own uh, party is that little group of his own party is staunchly opposed to pretty much anything they want to do. Uh, can they gum up the whole works? Well, it's even a smaller group, Howard, than the twenty. It's down to about twelve now, and uh, that's a you know, problem for McCarthy. They can disrupt anything, but if they put enough votes together, both sides of the aisle, they might be able to do something. Now, it's a circular firing squad at this point, because if you listen to Matt Gates, who wants to run for other offices, by the way, I think governor of Florida or something. If you listen to him, Howard, though, he's on TV saying, well, this is all McCarthy's fault. I mean, he just he's blaming it all on McCarthy. And what they did, of course, to McCarthy, while McCarthy did it to himself, was to allow any one person— right to take him out as speaker. That was, he should not have wanted the job so bad that he did that one thing. Because now it's come back, you know, to haunt him. And it haunts him over and over again. Every time there seems to be some conflict, it's a, he's reminded, you know, we can, we can get rid of you if we want to. Well, exactly. And what's going to have to happen, I think, with McCarthy is this. Oh, let me let me say where he did go wrong, by the way. The Republicans promised, and I thought this was fantastic, to start the appropriation process again where they do 11 bills one by one, like we did in 1990, oh, well, five and seven. And uh, and partially achieved that later on until it kind of stopped after 911. But he didn't achieve, achieve that process, Howard, and that's a problem. And it stopped. Now he's trying to put that process back together. It's a great way for everybody in the country to see item by item. But here's his other problem. Twelve of these members, or maybe a little less, every single bill they want to make it, you know, 
They, they want to make it their way, period. Right. And they want perfection, which is to eliminate about, about everything in these bills. It's not the way it runs. We got into this dilemma over a period of years with Obama, with uh, Trump, and with Biden. And that's where we stand. So McCarthy, I think at some point in time, has to say, here's what we're going to do. If you'd like to take me out as speaker, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Gingrich did that. Lindsey Graham took him out with five other people. Uh, sometimes you have to do that, I guess. I, I keep it's wondering. I keep wondering at what point does McCarthy say, "What good does having power, the title of power, do when I don't really have any power? Because anything I want to do, if the that little gang doesn't agree with me, they can take me out. I mean, I." I some point, I almost think you say, "Oh, to hell with it!" Just you know, I, I can't do anything being speaker. So, why why am I speaker? Well, and there's a lot of frustrated members. I know it for a fact because I've talked to some of them. They're very frustrated, and it's a small group of people. And at some point in time, I think McCarthy has to say, "If you think you got somebody better than me, go for it. Just go for it." And then he's got to tell the head of appropriations produce ten more bills get them out of committee, and we'll fight it out on the floor. And then, look, we had, uh, well, you, Alan Mollahan was the ranking member, you know, of the uh, High on Appropriations Committee, then Ethics Committee. And Alan Mollahan voted for many a Republican appropriation bill, and other Democrats did, you know, because we had an open process of amendments. Sometimes they got amendments. We might not have liked all those amendments. They got amendments, and they voted for the bills. I don't see anybody taking Newt Gingrich out of office for that. The reason they took Newt Gingrich out of office, they were terrified because some people, you know, didn't take 58 percent of the vote. They took 52 and they got terrified over it. So it wasn't about the process. And, you know, Newt made the process work. Do you see I mean, normally these things end up we spend weeks and weeks, months and months uh, wringing our hands and talking about you know, why we're close, why we're far apart. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. We talk about what's going to happen if the government shuts down. Usually, not always, but usually we end up with some kind of a last-minute agreement. Right. Is is that likely to happen here? It could, but it'll have to be an agreement with the conservatives unless people get some guts and the middle centrists of the Republican Party reach out to the Democratic centrists and say, we're going to go for this. Now, if, if I was Hakeem Jeffries, you know, the minority leader of the House, uh, what I'd be doing right now is say, we're here to help. Anything you want to consider, we're here to help. And then just let the Republicans continue to put themselves in a circular firing squad and shoot up, shoot each other. You know, that's what I would do if I was Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah. Let, uh, let them go. Yeah. But you don't want the government to shut down. So that's why... You know, he can, Hakeem Jeffries can offer to take a look at legitimate uh, bills they put together. There is a large political side to this, but the reality is this is a very practical issue, you know, just keeping the government uh, running. Now, you have sure. some people, and I think Matt Gates not too long ago said he was happy to shut the government down because he doesn't like what the government does anyways. Uh, and there is that philosophy that uh -huh. we often hear primarily from far-right uh -huh. Republicans that we right. don't care. The, the American people don't want the government. But generally speaking, when the government shuts down, it works against those who shut it down, does it not, politically? Yes, it, yes, it does. And I am convinced, and I don't know the number, of the 20 Freedom Caucus members, it's down to about 12 or so that are really, you know, actually about seven or eight that are really protesting these things. I believe there are members of that caucus that would love to be in the minority next time. They would love it. Yeah, I, I'm serious. They, they would just burn the house down and just scream about everything and go fight the good fight for nothing. Because if they don't cooperate with each other, the house will go Democrat. And then what do they have? You know, they have no influence to put together appropriation bills. Look, if, if one of the appropriation bills for, let's say, health and human services, you know, if they want to have it at maybe $600 billion and, and the bill needs to be at $700 billion, they're going to go crazy over that $100 billion, right. whereas you got to look philosophically. If the Democrats 
take control. It might even be higher. Of course, it was high under Trump, so I'm not going to, you know, BS you about that. <laughs> Trump, Trump bring that deficit up. It is easier to be the party of opposition because all you got to do is yes. say no or say you're wrong as opposed to be the majority party where you actually are supposed to government govern. So I, I can see your point. Maybe some would say, you know what, I just assume that we're, sure. we're back to being the minority party where all we have to do is yell and rant and scream and nobody expects yes. us to do anything. Right. And I think members of Congress who are reasonable and want this government to continue and want the Republicans to stay in office because from their point of view, it'll be a, quote, better government. Those members need to start speaking up. And if they don't speak up, then they need to be challenged. I might just drag out of my old green signs, Howard. I don't know. We'll <laughs> did, did you have a shutdown while you were in office? Yes, we had a shutdown. And in Stephanopoulos's book, um, you know, Clinton was blinking on the shutdown. Bob Dole blinked harder, but it was effective. We got five balanced budgets out of it. You know, we you know we technically had a shutdown, but but we had a goal to gar to guarantee. We didn't shut it down because we wanted to take everything down a trillion or two trillion dollars. We shut it down to get a guarantee of balanced budgets. We got that. We did five of them with Clinton. What happens, Bob, if there is no agreement reached by the end of the week? The deadline comes, it goes, and we have no no budget, no continuing resolution. Talk to me about what the reality of a government shutdown will be like. Well, what will happen is uh, the president will have to, through the executive, make decisions of what, what you do. Now, Bill Clinton, when we shut the government down, he was pretty smart. I got to hand it to him. Well, you can't go up in the Washington Monument. You can't, you, know, you can't take tours. You can't go use the Department of Interior land. I mean, he kind of did the things you went, ooh, ouch, you know. Basically, Social Security and veterans' money, uh, Medicaid, you know, will continue. Uh, they won't stop food stamps, but they will begin to pare back salaries for federal employees, things like that, including the congressional office employees. So, you know, they'll begin that process. But the executive will have to do something if the Congress fails. The uh, members of Congress get paid, and they would have some staff money available. But in point of fact, even congressional offices would have to really trim back. Or am I wrong about that? No, you're, you're right. Now, here's one misnomer, I think. The public used to say, you know, well, members of Congress shouldn't get their paychecks till this. Look, there's a lot of really, really, really wealthy members who don't care. Who don't care. Exactly right. Yeah. The Congressman Mike Doyle, he used to be there. Great guy, Pennsylvania, Democrat. I think Mike had five or six kids. You know, so you know, do you hurt? You know, John Boehner, to pick on John, you know, extremely wealthy, or do you do, or do you hurt, you know, Congressman Doyle? I mean, those are things that won't work, but it, they will have to, uh, their budgets will start to be hurt, yes, and being able to continue their offices. And so that would, you know, pretty well pinch them because you've got 22 employees that would start to not get their checks. You pointed out what Clinton did was, in effect, close down things that would be noticed by the general public. I mean, not everything in the government is noticed right. by the general public, but the point of closing parks or closing the Washington Monument or whatever was for the public to say, oh, my God, I can't believe this, and therefore to put pressure on. To a large extent, the government kind of goes on, even with the shutdown. Uh, am I right? I mean, Social Security gets paid. The military continues yeah. to operate. Uh, Congress will, at least on a limited scale, continue to mm -hmm. be funded. One of the things that you know, Donald Trump has been saying, he wants the government shut down because he thinks that will shut down his prosecutions. But I don't think that's the case, or am I wrong? Uh, it, it won't shut down his prosecution. Let me say something about what he has said. When I, when I uh, got in trouble, you know, I had done an interview with you. I had went up to Denison and did an interview. The Justice Department, after my interview at Denison, they listened up there. They listened, and they called my lawyer and said, oh, he lied. He lied on the radio show. We're going to charge him with obstruction of justice, blah, blah, blah. You know, my lawyers are like, go ahead. You know, they called the bluff. But my whole point is my lawyer sat me down and said, shut up. You know, I know you want to talk, but shut up. Now, 
Donald Trump, I want you to think about this for a second, saying, shut this down so I won't be prosecuted. Um, he, he better hold his breath. He's not charged with obstruction of justice. And on a tangential note to that, Trump in his public interviews and public pronouncements, whether it's a campaign rally or on Meet the Press or whatever, by not keeping his mouth shut, I, I'm reading a lot that he's giving the prosecution a heck of a lot to yes. work with, right? Yes, because, you know, the Justice Department has so much money. I know when they went after me, you know, they drained everything out of us, and they can keep going and going and going, and they have, you know, research and lawyers and et cetera, et cetera. And Trump, uh, I think he spent about almost $24 million so far on legal fees, and eventually, you know, He'll run out of campaign money or to go to other sources, and he'd have to dip in his own money, which he wouldn't want to do. But my whole point to that, when you've got 90 felony charges sitting there, you have to be careful because justice loves to find somebody that says one thing and then kind of changes one dot when they say something just like it. And guess what? Obstruction of justice. They love that one. Or perjury. Yeah, and and Trump just can't he, – he, I mean – I don't like him, but whether you like him or not, you have to agree, he cannot keep his mouth shut. He, he, cannot, oh, no. he cannot not talk, which is yeah. why some of these <laughs> gag rules and other forms of um, limiting his speech in the courtrooms by the judges is anathema to him because he, just, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to have to be, con be controlled at all. His lawyers have to be freaking out. Now, the good news for Donald Trump and bad news for Joe Biden is 90 felony counts later, it, it, you know, a dead heat, and maybe he's ahead. I think that's absolutely bizarre. But well, I, I think in America. I, I believe it was ABC, CNN, and it was a poll just this weekend puts, uh, puts Trump ahead of Biden, right? Well, 10 points. Now, and let me say something real quick about that. They're trying to spin that all around the way. Oh, it's an outlier. Right. Well, out, outlier polls, which are the unusual, not the norm, have sometimes been correct. And all they're doing, th that wasn't the Fox News poll. It was ABC, Washington Post. Right. So something's in between. Maybe he's four points ahead. I don't know. But the point remains, you know, if, if, if he controls himself, he's still remaining neck and neck. But if this gets to where they start to charge him with obstruction of justice and more charges, he's going to you know, he's going to hurt himself. Well, let me ask you that, and it's not the exact issue I brought you on here to talk about, but mm -hmm. does 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 eventually the weight of the charges? I I know right now every time it's not quite true, but he says every time he gets indicted or every time there's another you know mm -hmm. action in court, his popularity among his own people goes up, and I know that in general is true. But does at some point does the weight of the criminality just eventually begin to weigh him down? Well, yes. I mean, look, Trump is probably one of the most real, resilient political human beings I've, I've ever seen. I don't know how. You know, I I went through what I went through. You know, if you're ready to just lose it, I, the guy just continues to. He just continues to thrive on things that would put anybody under, you know. So, but everything has its limit. And the reality in America is that if Joe, and this is why I've said that Trump won't be the nominee, I've said this for a year and a half or two years, but if Joe Biden jumps out of this, taking for the benefit of the Democratic Party, Kamala Harris with him, if he jumps out of this thing, uh, Trump's done. Because then the independents come home to another Democrat. Well, Bob, uh, Bob I, I don't disagree with you on that, except that I don't know who the fallback is. You know, okay. Well, I, it I, would have to be, you know. Joe Manchin? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. If, now, if Joe Manchin, this is really interesting. I mean, on a daily basis, more and more and more people, Republican and Democrat, do not want Trump or Biden. It's just it is a fact of life. I don't, uh, Trump people are going to get real mad at me right now, but it is a fact of life in this country. And I got to tell you, if Manchin got well funded and ran on that uh, new, you know, independent ticket. Yeah, the no labels or whatever. Need, yeah, yeah. You, you only need 33 percent and one. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, my I, I am not. I, I mean, look, 
Biden is not the best candidate. I'm not going to argue that. I'll vote for him over Trump, but he's not the best candidate, even as a Democrat. I admit that, and many Democrats say that. Uh, and Kamala Harris would not be a, a good fallback. But well, I don't know who's well, next. You know, the only name out there right now is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and he's a loon. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who's there. There's nobody well, else speaking I up. Think, I think the Democratic Party is going to have to do at least one thing, which is to replace Kamala Harris in, in the run. That has to happen. If, if something happens to the president and he deteriorates more or he falls down or whatever, Lord forbid, which could happen, Kamala Harris, and this is, I know, I got, I got, in today's America, I have to say this, I'm not misogynistic, I, uh, she's half Indian, she's African American, I've got no problem with either, so it's, it's not that, you know, but her ability, and she's got the worst polling in the history of America, if, if Kamala Harris, this is the problem the Democrats have, if something happens to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, within 90 days, will probably take out the Democratic Party as we know it in America. <laughs> so you're right. But if, but if Biden were to withdraw, whatever the phrase might be, before the election and if – or before the nomination, I guess, the, before the uh, convention. Uh -huh. And if, if Harris would also then be out of the picture uh -huh. as well. My problem is I'm looking at a blank, blank slate. I don't know who fills in there. Uh, you know, if Trump is out – there are, there's a, there's a Nikki Haley. There's a gang of people there waiting to yeah. to fill that slot, but sure. I don't know what about the Democrats. All right, Bob, I appreciate your time this morning. We'll see uh, if the government shuts down. You'll be out of the country, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I want to be somewhere where it's still functioning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, where are you going? You're going to, not to India this time. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm going. Well, I'm going to Kashmir, the disputed region. Oh, okay. All right. What yeah. sends you over you there? Just Led, Zepp Led Zeppelin song, Cashmere. Yeah. You're, you're, you're old enough to remember that song. You I'm... probably danced to that. I you? probably did. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, we, we both probably danced. We just can't remember. I can't remember dancing. But then again, there's a lot of things in that era I can't remember. But I know you fall into that same category, Bob. So, all right. Well, listen, have a safe trip. We'll talk to you when you get back. Okay. And uh, maybe when you get back, the government will be reopened. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Right. Talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks. Former Congressman Bob Ney checking in this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I want to get his take because he is, I knew he was leaving the country at the end of this week or before the end of this week, and uh, he's getting out of Dodge before the government shuts down, I guess. 9.40, 20 till the hour. Bob Westfall has TV7 update coming up in a minute or two. Bob Slider and I have a couple of things to kick around before we get to that. And uh, Taylor Long has Ohio Valley headlines. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this September the 25th. Traffic was moving at a crawl last night after a tractor-trailer crash on I-70 near Elm Grove. Reports say the semi lost control when traveling east on I-70 and flipped on its side, blocking the lane between the Elm Grove exit and the bottom of Two Mile Hill. The eastbound lanes remained closed all evening. The vehicles were backed up past Bethlehem and toward the I-470 bridge. The semi has since been placed upright and the scene has been cleared. As of right now, there are no word on any injuries from the incident. Stay with 7 News for updates. And a West Virginia man is dead after a stabbing yesterday in a church parking lot during a man-a-meal luncheon. Those fighting were asked to leave the property and the arguing continued in the church parking lot. Police say the fight escalated when 27-year-old Jackie James Cummings tried to stab the other person with a knife. Cummings was allegedly pushed and fell to the ground, landing on the knife. He was pronounced dead at the hospital from a stab wound to the upper left leg. In other news this morning, the toxic train derailment in East Palestine may be out of the headlines, but the situation is still very real for the people who live there. The train was owned by Norfolk Southern, who, despite apparent efforts to try and remedy the tragedy, are getting pushback from Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown. Brown tells us that Norfolk Southern isn't playing fair. He notes their continued opposition to the Railway Safety Act that he and Senator J.D. Vance authored after the derailment. This would increase safety precautions for trains, including having some employees on each train and more people to monitor the condition of the tracks, among other provisions. 
And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visited Washington, D.C. this week to seek additional funding for Ukraine's war efforts against Russia. President Biden is pushing Congress to approve the $24 billion in military aid. If approved, that would bring the total amount the U.S. has sent to Ukraine since the war began to $135 billion. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Time to pack the lunchbox, check the backpack, get the kids back to school. And we're right there with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Blue Monday, how are you? Sixty-one at the airport, fifty-nine at the Highlands, sixty-three in Elm Grove, sixty-one here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Mostly cloudy during the day, a high sixty-eight to seventy, somewhere in that range, and that's pretty much what we're going to have most of this week. Showers are possible every day, clouds likely every day, upper sixties every day. Just so you know what to look forward to. Nine forty-four, sixteen till the hour. Bob um, Bob Ney was talking about this ABC News Washington Post poll which is being described by some as an outlier. But the truth of the matter is, it's ABC News, Washington Post are among the more reputable polls. Uh, first of all, on the government shutdown issue, 40% of the people say if there's a government shutdown, they'll blame Biden and the Democrats. Now, it seems to me as a practical matter that Biden and the Democrats are willing to work out some kind of deal and the Republicans are not, but that's where we're at. 40% of the people say they would blame the Democrats and they would blame Biden. Uh, if there is a government shutdown. So that's something to think about. And then on the election, 62%, this goes to what Bob and I were talking about, Bob Nay and I were talking about, 62% of Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents, 62%, say the party should pick someone other than Biden as their nominee in 2024. Only a third of the people surveyed back Biden. Uh, the desire for a different candidate is at a numerical high. But when the question is asked, who, as I asked Bob Nay, I'll ask you, Bob Slider, who? who, who who's there? I don't know yet, but they're there. Uh, there's a couple there. Uh, do they have a big name recognition? No, not probably for, for me, maybe you. Uh, they're, they're there, they, and they have to come forward. First of all, again, I, I, I got nothing in the Democratic Party, but you can't fear Trump. You just can't. And I know Biden beating before, but there's no guarantee that that's going to happen this time. And look, you're just uh, you're whistling through the graveyard if you don't see the toll that this is continuing to take on Joe Biden. I just for his health, for his good being, I just wish he would go back to Delaware and retire. He deserves it. If not Biden in this ABC News Washington Post poll, um, only eight percent think Kamala Harris is the choice. That's, a, that, that's even a worse choice. Well, the next worst choice, and I like the guy, but he's got the same problems as Biden, which is he's too damn old, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, gets that 8%. hasn't worked either. No, it, it's got to be somebody else. I mean, how many people knew who John Kennedy was in 1959? Exactly. They're, well, they're, they're there. They're out there. You well, just let, you got to push them to the front. As Democrats, let's look at the two most popular Democrats of the last couple of, of uh, decades, 
and they were uh, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, and both essentially came out of nowhere. Great example, Howard. I had no idea who either one of those guys were. You know, we've talked about over and over and over again, Bill Clinton was part of what they called the Seven Dwarfs at the time, the Republicans. I forget who the others were. But they were like, who are these people? Nobody knows these people. Clinton and, and Bush was super strong then, coming off the first Iraq War. Who are these people? They were the Seven Dwarfs. But Clinton came to the forefront, became the nominee, became the president and ended up going out of office as one of the most popular presidents. And the same thing true with Barack Obama. I was standing right there beside you at the Mayflower. Uh, I saw the commotion. I didn't you know said, who the who guy was. You said, who is this I guy? I heard Ellen Ratner say, he's a rock star. And I thought, well, what band's he in? I, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> he probably looked more like a like an actual rock he's star. He's a rocker. Okay. <laughs> a senator. But he, he, too, came from out of almost nowhere to become the nominee. So it, it's not impossible, but I don't know who who it is, and and I guess that's probably the, that's your point, which I think you're, is right. We we don't know who it is because it's somebody we don't really think of as a potential candidate. You know, it's not going to be the ones that were in the last. It's not going to be Elizabeth Warren. It's not going to be Cory Booker. I'm trying to think of some of the ones. Around. It's going to be somebody coming out of nowhere that we've never heard of. It's going to be some congressman from the uh, second congressional district of idaho that nobody ever heard of and this is one of the probably the second topic that just gets me where i say don't you hear what people are saying that's why joe manchin is kicking that around yeah. no, not so much out loud but they talk about it every day howard they're looking at the numbers they're looking at the possibilities the scenarios because it's possible would, That's jo- why. would joe manchin if if biden were not on the ticket would joe manchin be a good presidential candidate well think about it we can't think of too many names that's right one thing you know about joe Manchin, you know his name his name he's got pretty high name recognition now he's got some negatives with the high name recognition but uh yeah i mean he's talking about running on that no labels ticket and that's sort of a that's like well i'll run and i'll you know i know i can't win but i'll make a point but what what if he was actually running as president here's another factor howard because there's going to be something happen that we haven't even considered yet if it takes off where we where what is ruining this country is on this side, Republicans. On this side, Democrats. Joe Manchin might be able to make that work for him because, again, he's kind of middle, isn't he? Well, that's his whole point. That's that's what he wants to be as a centrist. That's why he is uh, part of that no-labels group. That's why he and his daughter, Heather Bresch, are trying to raise money for centrist candidates. That's what they want. There's an issue out there yet, Howard, that has he and Heather could run as a team. Well, I don't think that'll work, no. <laughs> but there's an issue out there. It could be the abortion issue. There's something out there that's going to jump to the front, and that's going to be what Americans are talking about, and that's going to be a huge, tremendous factor in this next presidential election. The abortion issue is going to be a bigger factor in this election than it's ever been before. Now, that sounds silly because it's been a huge factor for decades, with, you know, Roe v. Wade and so on, but it, it, it is going to be a, the biggest factor now of all. And you see, even in Republican-leaning states, you're seeing the abortion issue skewing people away from Republicans who have been too tough on this. So I think you're right. That's going to be a big issue. And maybe it'll be some gigantic uh, name who's a big abortion, limited abortion support. I I don't know. We are so out of whack. You know, you have to go back to the the attacks uh, on 9-11 where I really truly believe that this country says, I don't care what you are, Republican, independent, whatever, Jewish, Catholic, it doesn't matter. We We have to pull together. Except for Muslim. We didn't like them. I went too crazy about that. But it's going to, and something like that could happen where we say, okay, we have to band together. together. And again, I could see Joe Manchin going, that's just what I needed right there. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's the guy. I mean, but I, you know, I don't know. Here's the reality I don't think Biden steps down. You don't know what day it is, Howard. Ah, come on now. Come on now. This is interesting, too. One more quick thing, then quick break. Uh, In this ABC News Washington Post poll, of the people who say, listen to me carefully, of the people who say, that Trump should be prohibited by the Constitution from serving again as president. That's that 14th Amendment thing, that he should be prohibited from serving. Of the people that believe that to be true, 
18% said they'd vote for him. <laughs> they say he should be prohibited. And, and that's the world in which we live right now. Those are just poor Americans that are just so far out of touch. I just feel sorry for them. That's a good point. Eight till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob Westfall coming up next. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70 at the top of the hill, the Highlands. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Oh, Monday morning, Monday morning, couldn't Well, it is Monday morning, and we're almost wrapping it up in the home stretch of the Watchdog Morning Show. Real quick off the text line, 304-214-1600, because we were talking about if Biden wasn't uh, to be the candidate for the Democrats, who would it be? And we're talking about maybe Joe Manchin. And I said, well, maybe Joe Manchin and Heather Bresch could be his vice president candidate. You thought that was not a good idea, Bob. But uh, uh, Texter says, Heather Bresch, are you kidding? Yes. the Yes, I am kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. Don't think I believe that would make any sense at all. Bob Westfall is here from the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you? I'm good. Did you have a good weekend? I had a fantastic weekend. How was yours? It was good. Well, it was quiet. Went to the Capitol, saw the 1964 Beatles tribute uh, band. That was fun. I was singing and dancing. Going back to the days of my ute. I think I was the youngest person there, but (laughs) but I I enjoyed that. And um, yeah, it was just it was a, other than that it was a pretty a pretty quiet weekend. My okay. wife and I had considered and we didn't, and maybe today we'll do it. As you know, and everybody knows, Nancy and I like to take a little ride from time to time, especially on the weekends. And I really thought what I would do is drive up to the bridge, the new bridge, and just drive across it for the heck of it. We didn't do that. Maybe today. Maybe that'll be our our game plan today. Well, let's ask Mr. Westfall. Have you uh, driven across the bridge yet, Bob? Uh, yes. How did it feel? Was it exciting? Uh, it felt like a bridge. <laughs> but I'll be honest, it, it's nice. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, everything now within Wellsburg is with, you know, I went to the DeCarlos in Wellsburg and got some pizza. All right. So so you're, you, you're an example of how things, people may tr- change their, their travel or retail patterns a little bit simply because they can go oh, across yeah. the river? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I, uh, I got home Friday night at just got home, uh, went out to uh, take care of a couple of Halloween decorations that needed uh, taken care of, and uh, Mrs. Fellows lives across the street, nicest woman you're ever going to meet, got out of the car with a friend of hers and said, we went across the bridge, went across the bridge, and they <laughs> said, well, they went to DeCarlo's to get pizza. So uh, a lot of people were excited. I know a lot of people were upset that it's uh, a lot of people on our side feel like uh, um, we were slighted in the ceremony. Um, you know, nobody from Ohio other than some rep um, from the Department of Highways was there. So I know a few people have commented on Facebook about that. That's a good I never thought about that. So, yeah, there was um, no, Governor know, DeWine wasn't there or Sherrod Brown. None of those people were there, right? 
Right. Um, yeah, uh, DeWine was invited, but got COVID the night before. But you oh, would think right. uh, they'd send a transportation director or something like that. Uh, State Senator Frank Hoagland wasn't there, wasn't invited. State uh, Rep uh, uh, Ferguson was not uh, invited either. So, um, hmm. yeah, a lot of people on the Ohio side are kind of questioning what uh, – you know what? Uh, what yeah. it's going to be? So I had not thought about anyway. that, but actually, that's a that's a fair, it's a fair question for him to have. I I don't I don't yeah. disagree. Well, uh, a couple of minutes left here. What are you working on today at the Big Seven? All right, big announcement today. Uh, Orchard Park Hospital has made the announcement that they are open today. Okay. Uh, as you know, we were there for the ribbon cutting a few weeks ago, uh, but they have announced that it is open. Uh, they are taking patients. They are caring for uh, uh, children in our area, so we're excited about that. A sorely uh, needed facility. Absolutely. Well, we hear that all the time. Uh, what's needed, what's needed is beds and things like this. Um, so now we've got uh, a hospital that's aimed at uh, youth between 15 and 18. So uh, we're excited about that, working on getting an interview on that today, uh, just to see what people need to know uh, to, to maybe take advantage of a situation like that. So we're working on that today. Uh, Marshall County Schools has a truancy diversion officer. We're going to find exactly what that is. Obviously, it deals with truancy. I think to keep kids in classes, situations like that. Because a lot of times, uh, kids miss classes for more reasons than the fact that they just don't want to go. Right. Uh, could be could be something as simply as psychological as you know not having clothes to wear, things like mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to them about that, and then also we're going to meet the new administrator over at the Good Nurse uh, Good Shepherd Nursing Home. Um, so we're excited about that. Jake's going to work on that one today. And then uh, Taylor uh, Taylor Long's got a story on gambling addiction. You know, Phil Mickelson came out last week talking right. about his addiction to gambling. Uh, so we talked to Sheila Moran at the helpline on what people need to know if they think they're in a situation where they need help. Uh, so that's kind of what we got. Lots of good stuff coming up today. People can check it out on air at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 530, the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com or with Channel 7 in your pocket on the Storm Tracker 7 app or the News app, set for push notifications right on your iPhone or your uh, Android phone or your tablet. Bob, good talking to you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks a lot, my friend. All right. Thanks. All right. It's time for us to get out of here, Mr. Slider. We'll take it again. Take it up again tomorrow morning, you think? Well, yeah. Uh, see you in the morning, huh? You sure? You're going to pick me up, I hope. Well, I'll pick you up. You sound a little, a little like you're unsure. You sure? I'm sure. All right. We're going to have a good day tomorrow. See you tomorrow morning right here. Yeah.